Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Well, it's been a great day today. The sun came up, the birds were singing, a little bit of frost on the ground, but that's okay. It's been a great day today. Every day you get out of bed and your feet touch carpet and you're saved by the grace of God, it's a great day. And thank God for that. And I tell you what will make the day even better. Start your day off with your Bible. Hopefully you've already been in the Word of God today and spent time in prayer and uh, walked with him and through his word. And I tell you, that's just the best way, the right way, the only way to really start the day for a child of God. You're only going to be as strong in your faith as you are in your Bible study. You're only going to be as right with God as you are with your Bible. You cannot separate the two. And we've got to be Bible, not just believers, but Bible readers. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I pray that that would characterize my life. And I pray that it does characterize yours as well. We're in the book of Titus. Now, we've been going through these epistles of Paul, verse by verse, and uh, just explaining some things, making pr uh, practical application as we go through. And we're going to look at the last few verses here of chapter number two of Titus, and uh, we'll continue through chapter three next broadcast. And before I get there, let me invite you to visit helpfortoday.org, helpfortoday.org. Now, as you type it in, it's help, and then the number four, help, the number four, helpfortoday.org. And uh, this is a free resource that we've put together, and uh, the website is packed with articles, ministry helps, different things that you can use in your Christian life, in your church, in your bus, on your bus route in your Sunday school class, with your choir, and it's all free. You just go there and check it out, and you'll enjoy helpfortoday.org, helpfortoday.org. All right, let's look together in Titus, chapter number 2, verse number 12, and we'll read down through verse number 14, maybe 15, we'll see. But I uh, really want to emphasize some things we find in verse number 13 and 14. The Bible said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. So here we see already what the grace of God ought to do in our life. Verse 11, the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness. We grow in grace. Grace matures us. Grace fortifies us. Grace tempers us. Grace uh, helps us be more like Jesus. It teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. The grace of God that saved us also schools us to, to, to make us to have the desire to be more like Christ, to be more godly in our life, all right? Uh, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. If you're headed for heaven, you ought to go ahead and live like you're there now. If your citizenship is in a heavenly country, then go ahead and act like you're a citizen of that city right now. Uh, we ought to live a Christ-honoring life if we've been saved. In fact, when somebody says, I'm a Christian, the word just means you're a little Christ. You're a, you're a reflection of Jesus Christ, and that ought to be true of our life. Somebody ought to be able to look at you and tell that there's something distinct and something different and something very unique 
about you. Now, I'm not saying that we just uh, don't ever preach the gospel and don't win souls verbally with confrontational souls. No, that, no, I would adamantly say we do do that. That's exactly what we do. But there ought to be something about your life that is markedly different from those who are not saved. And that ought to be this denying ungodliness, this denying worldly lust, this sober living, righteous living, godly living, even in this present world. Noah lived godly in a godless day. So you can as well. It's possible. You can get the job done. We can live for Christ. The Holy Spirit within us empowers us to do so. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. What is our blessed hope? Now, thank God for hope, but I like it when you tag the word blessed in front of it. That's a good hope. That's a blessed hope. And the glorious appearing, here it is. Here's what our hope is. The appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have hope that is steadfast and sure. Jesus promised us in his word that he was going to come again and receive us unto himself, that where he is, there we may be also. And he always honors his word. He always keeps his word. And thank God for Jesus. He didn't just die on the cross and rise from the dead and ascend into heaven, but that same God, that same Jesus, Jesus will come again in like manner as he went. And one of these days, he's coming for me. He's coming for you if you're saved. We'll hear the shout and we're out. We'll hear the, uh, the trump and we'll jump. The sky will roll back like a scroll. Jesus will descend and the clouds will be cut up together with him. And we'll meet him there in the air. And thank God, so shall we ever meet the Lord. That's our blessed hope, that appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And verse 14 has a very powerful phrase in it. And uh, I, I was reading this uh, this morning. And notice this phrase, and uh, I want you to see it with me. Here's what it says, who gave himself for us. What an amazing statement. Who gave himself for us. He was not taken by force. He was not captured by tact or by a scheme that he was unaware of. But Jesus willingly gave himself for us. Elsewhere in the Bible, there's a verse of Scripture that says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The gift of God is what? Jesus himself. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down, he gives, lay down his life for his friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. I wonder if you've meditated on that truth here lately, who gave himself for us. Who is this one that gave himself for us? Well, it's the creator of all that is. He is the one who sculpted the world. He's the one who raised up the mountains. He is the one who trudged out the rivers. He's the one who sculpted those seas. He's the one who covered the land in vegetation. He's the one who put the clouds in the sky. He is the one who put their stars in their spot. He's the one who put the planets in their positions. He's the one who holds earth in its orbit. He's the one who gave the cow its moo and the dog its bark and the lion its roar. He is the one who put the birds in the sky and the fish in the water. He's the one who formed man out of the dust of the ground. He's the one who's the creator. He gave himself for us. Who is that one? who gave himself for us. He's that one who's always been. He's the God who's from eternity to eternity, from everlasting to everlasting, from horizon to horizon and beyond the point of horizon. He's always there. That's who he is. Who's that one? He's eternal. Who's that one? He's powerful. He is the one who is the omnipotent one. He's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He gave himself for us. He's the one who never sinned. He gave himself for us. He's the one 
who opened blinded eyes. He gave himself for us. He's the one who raised the dead and healed the crippled and gave sight to the blind. He gave himself for us. He is that one that was prophesied of. He's that one that was born uh, to a virgin mother. He's that one that lived and walked among men for 33 or so years. He's that one who went about doing good and went about ministering and went about serving. He's that one who gave himself for us. Who is he? Jesus is his name. Who is he? He's God. That's who he is. God gave himself for us. Jesus laid his life down, died for us on the cross. And here's why, that he might redeem us. Oh, we owed a debt we could not pay. But thank God he paid a debt he did not owe. And I'm glad that Jesus paid the price to ransom us. He redeemed us for as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, which you've received from vain tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. What can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, redeemed. How I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, bought with a price. Why? He wanted to redeem us from all iniquity, sin, and the condemnation of sin hovered on the horizon of my life. The guilt of uh, of sin rested heavy on my shoulders. The wrath of God abided on me. I owed a debt for the wages of sin is death, but Jesus gave himself for us that he might pay our debt, redeem us from all iniquity, but not just that. He purified us, thank God, unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And Paul says, Titus, in the last verse of our text, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Here in Titus chapter 2, Titus has laid out the way that they ought to believe and the way they ought to live in Crete. Paul has laid out to Titus rather directions for doctrine and life. And those two things go together. You don't separate doctrine and life. What you believe ought to impact what you how you live. And how you live ought to reflect what you believe. And here at the close of this great chapter, he says, Hey, listen, we live godly and righteously. Why? Because Jesus is coming. And don't forget that Jesus who's coming is that one who died on the cross of Calvary to redeem you from your sin so that you might live a life glorifying and honoring unto him. Well, tune in next broadcast. We'll go into chapter 3 of Titus. And until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.